All right, this is Bonehead. No, it's because I'm second hearing you, jackass. I wanted to hear that voice so I could say, welcome to Bonehead. Well, he talked all over me. I was doing the intro. I know, but I had helium in my mouth, and I wanted to be able to talk like this. What's the difference? By Microsoft. That voice, by the way, is way better than his normal one. I know if you do it all the time, it causes brain damage. And there is that case where that college student died of it. But Chad, can you just risk it for the good of Bonehead? So seriously, <clears throat> what does it really cause brain damage? Oh, there's yeah, a kid that commits suicide. Oh, there's a kid that I've never, I've never done it. So, there's an entire legal case about it. You want me to just teach legal uh, higher ed law for a minute? Yeah, there's no. an entire James, legal case. James likes to turn hot dogs up his butthole. That is not true. No, anymore. he likes them on the grill. Everybody froze. Uh-oh. I didn't freeze. I'm you not froze. froze either. It's just Chad who's freezing. It's Chad. It's oh, there he moved again. There he's yeah, back again. He's a witch. Burn him. Oh, wait, no. The Maybe. internet, along with my emotions, are unstable. Mm. So somebody back to the hot dogs. Everybody. So did somebody have hot dogs? I did. Yeah, I had. Uh, yeah, right up, it, right, right up his butthole. Should I be concerned that this helium is going this long? I would. I no, think I, would, I would. And I'd take a couple of time and just kind of, you know, walk it off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's how it works. You know, or aspirin, you know, whatever you like. My dog least. ran out of the room. Yeah. Yeah, probably because they didn't want to breathe all that helium. So the dog, because the dog had attended James's <laughs> lecture on the case. <laughs> yeah, the university did. They, they filed a lawsuit. Holy cow. Not taking it away Listen, from. Bendy can tell us about it later. Huh? Isn't that J- Chad's dog's name? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, Steve Irwin's daughter. Is what it her name? Look the bonehead. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm not making. Yeah. It up. What is our topic today, gentlemen? Screechy noises. Oh yeah, soundtracks is what y'all call them. Screechy noises. Screechy noises. Yeah, soundtracks. So we love movies. We actually talked about, you know, songs before that there used to be movies that would have songs written for the movie. But we're going to talk about some movies where the soundtrack is. Oh, what's the word? So intertwined with the film that you can't think of the music and the movie separately. this is not what i was going to talk about but i'll just throw this out as an example i hope i'm not taking this from anyone but um i got kool-aid in a mcdonald's cup so you just keep going the graduate simon and garfunkel it's kind of hard to separate those well but it's hard to separate those two not the graduate just simon and garfunkel well i i think it's because simon brought him down pretty much i I mean look what garfunkel went on to do and, and you never hear people complain about garfunkel there's some people that say Paul Simon has done some shady things, but you never hear somebody say, let me tell you what Garfunkel did. I, I don't know. Have you seen Carnal Knowledge? I actually have. I have good with Jack for, Nicholson. Good, good, good for you. Pat yourself on the back. <laughs> have you seen it? Don't nope. tell him to do it. Well, there you go. <laughs> he'll, pull a, he'll pull an arm muscle. I mm. have seen it. So but, there are oh, yeah, some, But that's just an example. Yeah, but that's people, one. I, I doubt that anybody say else. It, it doesn't work as well. Like There's something about that soundtrack you hear some of the songs used in that film, and it immediately, you just know it's Simon and Garfunkel. You say immediately? Immediately. <laughs> I have suffered. It's, it's been a long day, folks. Now, I, I know Grease was a musical, but I actually think Grease as well. I mean, some of those songs, you just kind of start singing along. Probably. Yeah. What's another the one, one that I want to hunt? Well, I was going to say, and I've, I'll be honest. You I've say I'm seen, the one I want to hunt? 
Oh yes, my God, that, that is, is exactly the best. That one. is the worst. You're the one I want to hunt. Woo oh my God, we kill, need to kill, do. kill. That's the we soundtrack from Hard Target. We, no, I'd say we need to do the most dangerous game, the musical. You're the one I want to hunt. Yeah, I think we can write this right now. Now, listen, if you people are listening to this and steal our ideas, we're going to sue you, and you're yeah, going to win. Yeah, we probably weren't going to follow through. We'll probably settle out of court. It takes too much time not yeah, to, but right. we'll settle reasonably. So just take our idea. That's fine. He'll t- he'll mean, settle for a diet coke. No, I won't. I won't. I need some dollars. I got I got bills. To pay. He'll settle for one dollar so he can get that McDonald's large diet coke. Uh, sir, you're forgetting taxes. You think I'm going to be on the hook for the taxes? No, that's I true. think not. Put your hand in my pocket, and I'll make sure all you bring back is a bloody stump. Thank you, Harlan Olson. So we were talking about soundtracks and I, and I was trying to so I was trying to compile my list. Should I go for the best or what I really like? Because it's unfortunate that those two things aren't necessarily the same. Well, I was about to say, and I think that's the problem. Because I don't I know don't, that I have good taste when it comes to a lot of music. But but I think that's the problem too, though, is that there are some there are some soundtracks that have great songs on them. Yes. But they're great songs, and it has nothing to do with the fact they're in a movie, right? Well, yeah, and then there's some movie soundtracks where you don't even hear the songs that are on the soundtrack. Or they just put them onto the album. Right. Yeah. Oh, or man, there's, good... there's some movies that have used songs that never end up on the soundtrack, right? I mean, one of my favorite songs that was used in the movie Free Enterprise over the closing credits is called Satellite by Laura Christie, British performing artist. Um, and that song's not on the soundtrack. It's not anywhere. It's not on her solo albums. The people that, where it's available where you can listen to it online, it's because they ripped it off of the closing credits of fr- the obscure Free Enterprise movie, and that's it. Hmm. And so I, I think that's that's a point that we have to make because I really that's the only thing I struggled with because I'm like, I love movie soundtracks. Actually, that's what I used to buy when I would I buy CDs. I would tend to buy movie soundtracks because they tended to have a pretty good mix of music. They would have, you know, and I like, I do like all types of music. So I, you know, it was a way for me to get, okay, I can get a little bit of classic stuff. I can get some modern stuff. I can get hip hop. I can get all that stuff. And I can do it through soundtracks and connect it to movies that I love. So I love soundtracks, but kind of echoing off of Joe, that, that's what the challenge for this was for me, because obviously I'm like, oh, Ghostbusters, but outside of one song do i immediately hear those songs and go oh yeah do i know they're in ghostbusters sure but am i ever sitting around going you know what i really want to listen to is track four well, yeah. i don't know what track four is and so I've you know for for when i put mine together i did the latter i just did soundtracks that i owned and that i listened to repeatedly just because every out song on the album was amazing and in my case in, in all three of my cases well Maybe not one, but 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 well, at least two of mine. The songs were exclusively featured in this in the movie, so they do co- connect to the movie. So, like when when I'm listening to the songs, I'm I'm seeing the scenes from those movies. So, who wants to go first? You want me to go first because sure. I was trying to think, and the issue is, is my song and my movie are intertwined completely. But there are others, and we only remember the one song, but there are several other songs in the movie that are also on the soundtrack that are all written by and performed by the same guy that wrote the one song. But may I say that we are eastbound and down 
loaded up in trucking and we're going to do what they say can't be done that song and that movie are intertwined i don't know that you can think of one without the other agreed and yeah. it was written specifically for what Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit is one of my favorite movies of all time. Don't apologize for it. I, I, I can still watch it whenever it's on. Is it a great film? Probably not. But is still was it? it came out in '77, and the thing that people forget is there was only one movie that made more money in '77: Star Wars. That was it. That was the only movie that made more money in '77. So Jerry Reed wrote Eastbound and Down, and I was, I was like, that's not the only song. And no, there's a ton of them. Hold on. Let me pull up the list. I had it all here, and then I completely just skipped over it. Uh, then there's Westbound and Down, Legend, Orange Blossom, Orange Blossom Special, Hot Pants Parade, right? But I forget that there's eastbound and down and westbound and down because it plays differently depending on which way they're going once they've got the Texarkana and back. Yep. So a little bit of trivia. Jerry Reed was originally going to play who? You guys know this? Bandit. The Bandit, right? And they just and he had... did in the best movie of the franchise. No. That's, that's that's low so he was originally going to play the oh, band and the problem hal needham had lived in burt reynolds's guest house for about 10 years after i can't remember his first or second wife left him and they were dear <laughs> friends what i was thinking about this by the way that that entire line that you just said if i ended up divorced tomorrow which yeah. one of you all is going to let me be like, no, just live in the basement for the next decade. Well, I would, neither one of us have a guest house. And Chad doesn't have a basement, so... Nope. So what you're saying is, if I dig one and don't tell him, I should be able to slip in and out of it. <laughs> Basically, you'd live, you could be the minor 40, yeah. 49er. <laughs> like a mole <laughs> that lives underneath Chad's, Chad's foundation. So it was going to be Jerry Reed. And then finally, Bert said yes. And then, of course, it became a $1 million low-budget film to a universal picture because Bert Reynolds in the 70s, we forget sometimes, was the biggest star of the 70s. He was a huge movie star. He was the biggest star on the planet for about 10 years there, 5, 10 years. And then we got Smokey and the Bandit. And I think another reason, and I know I'm not really talking about the music so much, but all those songs were written just for that movie quickly. And I can't, and Jerry Reed was a successful, successful singer and songwriter. Uh, you took the gold. She got the gold mine. I got the shaft. Uh, well, the gold what's, mine. what's another one? We split it all down the middle and she got, she the, got the better half. half. It's the second time, by the way, that's come up in the last two weeks in random conversation with me. Which is, what's great about that song is that that song ends the same way as when you're hot, you're hot. You're hot. Because not, it ends not. with him at one point screaming the line, uh, who's going to collect my um, welfare check? Yep. Um, because he's going to, he's being sentenced to jail. Uh, but Amos Moses, there's a bunch Amos of them. I, ad, I advise anyone. I, I call Reed. my son Amos Moses on occasion. If you've never listened to Jerry Reed, by the way, you should. You should. And then go directly into Roger Miller too. Just do them both make your own call i love both of them but amos He's stretching Moses, a little on the roger miller but roger miller's fun jerry reed was a true artist 
No, both of them were artists. Yeah. I, I, I refer you to the fact both of them, I believe, did the Muppet Show and watched both. Oh, of them yeah. Okay. I can't argue. And, and Jerry both Reed was also on the Scooby Doo Mysteries. Oh, yeah. Movie. Yeah. So little, little Mary Sunshine. Little Mary Sunshine. She's all right with me. Anyway, that's one of my favorite soundtracks. I love Jerry Reed. I love the movie. Who's next? James, go ahead. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to start with uh, one that I honestly don't think needs an introduction, but I'm going to introduce it anyway. Um, the movie. The man who needs no introduction. <laughs> it's James. Uh, the movie is not overly good, but the the soundtrack is phenomenal. And I mentioned this before on the show, so I'm not going to belabor it too much. Just about four or five hours. Um, no, it's, it's uh, Blues Brothers 2000. The movie's not great by any stretch of the new, no. but what? that soundtrack and I love the Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers probably is one of those movies that I wish would have, you know, we, we got a franchise out of uh, more than just two movies and a pilot for a cartoon that four people have seen. Uh, I've never seen the cartoon. It was an odd, odd backstory. There was a video game that was made off of the cartoon that never got made, but they were going back and forth between doing a Men in Black cartoon, which is what they did, or a Blues Brothers cartoon. They weren't Men in Black. Um, that seems like that. more. That seems like a better financial. I mean, for kids, yeah. I, like I was sitting there, I'm like, if you're gonna do, like, if there's a Blues Brothers cartoon, it's gonna have to be on something like Adult Swim or HBO Max. Anyway. For it to be, and I think that's the issue with Blues Brothers 2000. Blues Brothers is R and still would be R today. And they made a PG, PG-13. Anyway, they made a the kids soundtrack, movie out of it. Though, yeah, the soundtrack. And oddly enough, I was reading today, it's a, it's reviews keep going up over time, probably because people have kids and they want to watch something like that, but they can't watch the original. Anyway. But literally, they made a, the one yeah. of the stars is a kid. They made a kid Yeah, he, he basically, he starts to become a father figure. It, they basically took a hardened criminal i mean he's not as bad as jake was but elwood is not a great guy and why they turned did they change why, why was there such i actually don't know anything and this is getting off topic but we are bonehead why did they make such a 180 on that between blues brothers and blues brothers 2000 could they no, only I get the money if they did a pg pg 13 are they know. playing to the audience that only saw it on tbs for the last 20 what I was about to say, and by the way, I wish, I wish, if somebody has access to this, because I know for a while Universal was tempted to release a PG thirteen cut of the original, because I want to watch it with my kids. Well, they did that I, with Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever yeah. had two cuts. It had the R cut, cut which came yeah. out in the theater, and then they released a PG cut. Yeah, and I wish they would do something like that because I'd love to be able, like, if it was on Netflix, that I could watch the old TBS cut because that's how I first saw it. And then I saw it when I was older, and I'm like, this is A, way better. But B, I, I'm glad I watched it when I was younger, and I could just see all the car chases and all that stuff. I'm sure I saw uh, it that way, too, in TBS first time. But Blues Brothers 2000, I would argue, if you like rhythm and blues, is hands down probably one of the top ten movie soundtracks that uses that heavily. Probably because the talent they got on that. So the first Blues Brothers movie has Aretha Franklin – Ray Charles. I mean, it has a lot of great talent. And they pop up on the soundtrack. Scatman, right? No, not Scatman. Cab Calloway. Cab Calloway. Right. Minnie the Moocher. I mean, and I own both of these soundtracks, and I love them both. But Blues Brothers 2000 does something the first one didn't do. And it doesn't work well in the movie. But on the soundtrack, if you're just driving somewhere and you want a good CD to listen to, it introduces the Florida Gator Boys. 
I'm sorry, Louisiana Gator Boys. Who is in the Louisiana Gator Boys? I will not name them all. This is too huge. But it's yeah. it's BB King, Isaac Hayes, Doctor John, Travis Tritt, Gary U.S. Bonds, Bo Diddley, Eric Clapton, Jimmy Vaughn, all of them. And the, the end of that movie is they're competing against the Blues Brothers band. Yeah. And in the movie, you're like, well, obviously, this is going to end one way, right? I didn't pay for a movie called The Louisiana Gator Boys. But the movie ends with actually the Blues Brothers, they all do a song together. And all that stuff. it doesn't necessarily work on film. But on the soundtrack, when you have, and we know that later on, B.B. King and Eric Clapton did do an album together, which is great. I own it as well, Riding with the King. That being said, that song and that entire soundtrack blues traveler does a song for it dr john does season of the witch and no offense man i know joe i know you love donovan i know you're gonna get mad joe you're gonna have to do i actually do like donovan though i do too actually i mean i I actually i played atlantis for my kids i do i love atlantis i love it um but but and i do i was actually my mom loves sunshine superman that's how i found out about it's another good classic and he also gave us i know ioni sky yep so anyway, but Dr. John's cover of Season of the Witch for the Blues Brothers soundtrack is I also love Halloween songs. And by that, I mean, I call them Halloween carols, songs that you should play near Halloween. I used to, on my Facebook, I would post one every day, hey, you should listen to this. Uh, occasionally, Twitter, we do it on Twitter. That being said, I hold Dr. John's Season of the Witch, that gravelly voice, him belting out about the Season of the Witch, plays so well. As, as a blues song but it also works well for halloween if you've never i mean if you've never seen the movie don't rush out because you're going to be if you're a fan of the original you're going to be disappointed but ignore that if you have seen it or if you haven't ignore all of that listen to the soundtrack that soundtrack is a a at least at eight or nine if not a ten on the soundtrack scale for a movie that and i love the blues brothers i own blues Brothers 2000 it's over here on the shelf but it's about at a five I mean, and I'm probably being generous. Yeah, it's fun with yeah. the kids. It's fun with the kids or to reminisce a little bit, but it's 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 surely liking. Also, a big plug, the originals. I own the Blues Brothers soundtrack right over here. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes, oftentimes, if there's a road trip, goes with me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the original, and, that's what I'm saying. I would say the Blues Brothers franchise did not, the two movies, did not make a bad soundtrack. They're both great. Yeah, and, and James, to jump in on, on Blues Brothers 2000, there are two. Uh, there's a lot of great songs on the soundtrack, but you know, when John Goodman, Dan Aykroyd and Joe Morton do the cover of funky Nassau. Yeah. That's amazing. And then even when Joe Morton does a John, the revelator, I mean, well, there's so many, there are a lot of good songs on the soundtrack. Just not a good movie. Hands down. One of my favorite blues songs of all time. And I've heard different covers of it. I actually shared with you all a cover that was done by a native American father and son performers that are touring right now which i'd love to see him at live but matt the guitar murphy does a his cover of the blues don't bother me which is one of my favorite blues songs and it is probably and i know he's not the one that originated it but it's probably my favorite version because he really just hits everything that i want in that song the idea that yes the blues happen i mean you know the tragedy of life happens but have fun with it because that's what you got anyway and and that song is one of my favorite songs, and and if you've never heard, you can look it up on YouTube. If you don't want about about the soundtrack, YouTube. Make sure you're getting Matt Guitar Murphy's "The Blues Don't Bother Me." It is one of my favorite 
favorite performances of that song, Blues Brothers 2000 soundtrack. And so I do, I do love that soundtrack. I defend I defend the movie because of the soundtrack. We had to get that movie to get that soundtrack. So that had to be on my soundtrack list. All right. Um, well, for mine, um, this is one of those more controversial opinions of mine. Um, Chad, I don't think, um, and I don't mean to interrupt here, but I didn't know Birth of a Nation had a soundtrack. Oh, God. <laughs> It's I'm usually me comment. that makes those clunk. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Ma- I'm not even touching that one. I'm not. No, I just assumed since it was coming from Chad. Boy, I mean, I wouldn't. Do hey, it. one more time. Now, where, where, where's where's his address? What's his location? Where's his work? <laughs> but uh, get, in all get, honesty, get to it, DW. They uh, ever get of, back? They ever get those tiki torches back in stock for you, Chad? <laughs> Go ahead, Chad. I'm sorry. One of my favorite, one of my favorite soundtracks of all time, and I used to own it on cassette tape. I never went to to get it on CD. Was the Ghostbusters two soundtrack? I actually prefer the Ghostbusters two soundtrack over Ghostbuster one. I know Ray Park, Parker, his song, the song's iconic. It really is. But for me, um, on our own is one of my favorite songs of all time by Bobby Brown. I'm actually going to agree with you, Chad, because the first song, the first soundtrack, you have Ray Park, you have a couple other ones. Yeah, they're not bad, but for a soundtrack, yeah, I mean, Oingo Boingo, Flesh and Blood is another one. I played every Halloween. Yeah, Flesh and Blood by Oingo Boingo is amazing. Where is that at in the movie? It is. They use basically the sting from it. Uh, uh, oh shoot! Where it's is it? Barely. It's barely in the. No, I agree. But yeah. I love, I love that song. And uh, you know, and Spirit, so flesh and Bl- spirits another one. Yeah, flesh and blood by Oingo Boingo. Spirit by Dougie Fresh. Yeah. Flip City by Glenn Frey. And then you know, Love I Is a Cannibal by Elton John. What? And then you know, the I only actually, the old, I actually yeah. tagged Elton John. I may have done it through the Bonehead account. I don't know. But I tagged Elton John going, listen, I want to see your last performance. I've seen you perform before. Please, though, if you do perform and I come, can I tag you before the show? I'll give you a week's notice. This is the show I'm going to be at. And I want you to perform Love is a Cannibal Live because I'm betting nobody's requested that recently. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine how cool it would be? He hasn't gotten back to you, has he? No, he didn't. He didn't respond to my Yeah. yeah. What was he busy with? But my one criticism... <laughs> my one criticism of the ghostbusters 2 soundtrack of course the, the the big end scene with the statue of liberty walking down into times or to into new york is they're playing jackie wilson's higher and uh, higher and higher Your love. but the uh, the soundtrack doesn't have that it has a remix of it from howard huntsbury well and slight is, correction that they're actually because i've had to watch it five thousand times the last year and a half they play it with the toaster scene. This the version that they're playing when it's walking is when the statue's walking is not the Jackie Wilson version. So that must be the Howard Huntsbury version. The, it's the, the not really... the, if you go back and listen, because every time I listen to it, I was like, man, it just doesn't sound good. And finally figured it out the other day. It's a totally different version. When all right, I gotta need to go back walking. and listen to it because all I can all I can hear is the yo love in the in the echo it's... chamber of the the thing. And and that's what and Howard Huntsbury's version is playing the Jackie Wilson one. It's just they they've changed the tune and it doesn't work in my yeah, opinion. It I don't know. Oh, see, it was it was a guy. We Wilson like version. to remix thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not the Jackie Wilson version one. The statue is actually walking. But I really do feel like Ghostbusters too, especially because uh, for me, 
in the eighties, I was into rap and hip hop. I, I, you know, I, I had run DMC. I had, I had public enemy. I had heavy D and the boys. I had fresh Prince, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and a fresh Prince. That's all I listened to. I didn't get into rock and roll till I was a teenager. And then subsequently ska, blah, 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 blah. It went on and on and on. I was a straight hip hop rap kid when I was a kid. And, and so it was, it was because of uh, the Ninja Turtles, right? That, yeah. that turtle rap turned you. Oh my God. The Bartman, James. Oh, that's true. Do the Bartman. Oh, you know, actually, if you actually I'll be honest, Chad, I, I'm with you though, again, on the soundtracks, because I can remember for one of my birthdays, whatever year it came out, uh, for that birthday that year, my parents got me the cassette of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle soundtrack for yeah. the motion picture. And I can still quote some songs from that uh, because Busting Your Bubble is what we do. Yeah, I, and I had that one as well. But the, the big thing I liked about Ghostbusters 2 was the fact that it mixed that hip hop and then it had that really obscure, crazy rock pop that I like, that Oingo Boingo and Glenn Frey that I'm well, still a fan of to this day. And and honestly, that Elton John tune, I, I said, and I was being honest, I don't Love is know, a Cannibal's great. But it is definitely, I don't want to say, I'm saying this the wrong way because it sounds like I'm being derogatory, but it is a snapshot in time of, I don't want to say coked out Elton John, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's something that was a 1980s, late 80s, we got issues going on Elton John. Because mm-hmm. he belts that song. I'm gonna have and to go back and re-listen. We talked about this on a previous episode. Yeah, I, I, I That's... need to go back and re-listen because I don't have the same. I'm. Woman well, I just don't animal. remember all the songs. Woman is an animal, and love is love is love. Love is a cannibal. Yeah, it's great. Is it yours? All right. So while I, I actually was meant to have this pulled up. But as far as movies go, there's 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 few that have had more influence on me. And this was really much this is really on the nose. And I was trying to pull up all the uh, songs from it. But I probably listened to this in the mid 90s daily. Oh, over oh, and over. oh, Chad, Chad, he's getting ready to do the soundtrack to White Man's Burden. <laughs> you know am, what it is a jump because you're close you're close you're close i had i had the white man's burden soundtrack and i did i am not joking i am what is 100... on, i don't i literally pulled a movie out of a hat what is um, on that soundtrack tripping billies by dave matthews band um the hootie and the blowfish did a cover of a roy orbinson song i am blanking on what it is now but i owned it i listened to it repeatedly it didn't make my list though but i did own the white man burden okay. soundtrack you, you, and you picked a more obscure I, i'm going to talk about a soundtrack i love that's really obscure that i don't think many people know but you so, may have beat me there uh J- joe not to jump on your 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 pit uh, uh, okay. uh pit, but and then you can go ahead i actually this is one of those rare instances where i have i had the soundtrack i have never ever seen the damn movie it was dream baby uh, Roy Orbison was it was Dream Baby, oh, okay. uh, and then uh, regarding Stephen Bob Loose Traveler, I mean Bush was on there, Howard Shore, Meat Puppets. Anyway, Joe, what was your pick? My soundtrack is the only soundtrack that not only has Cool in the Gang, but it also has the Statler Brothers, Chuck Berry, yeah, Al Green, Ricky Nelson. I'm of course talking about Pulp Fiction. It's probably one of the best soundtracks of all time, and it's hard not to hear Jungle Boogie and not think of Pulp Fiction. Statler Brothers. 
counting flowers on the wall that, that don't, don't bother, bother me at all. all urge overkill had a big hit with the cover of girl you'll be a woman soon if you guys remember the video was the pulp fiction that was a was when back when they do uh, someone performing and then have scenes from the movie of whatever the movie was yeah. on I don't need to tell you about Pulp Fiction. I don't think if you're listening to this, you pretty much know the plot, but it's still, my CD is right over there every once in a while. Actually, I haven't listened to it in a while, but I'm telling you, I listened to that a lot in the mid nineties, probably around 95, 96, late 94. When I got it, when I finally saw the movie, I actually didn't see it in the theater. I saw it on video, which I'm assuming you two did as well. Yeah. Pulp Fiction blew me up. I loved it. What? You said you two, you two as well. Oh, yeah, you two it. as well. So Pulp Fiction just blew me away. I still say Pulp Fiction is one of the most important films, if not the most important film in the last 25, 30 years. It definitely launched a lot of imitators. Like, I don't think without Pulp he Fiction. Still, he still launches imitators. with. It's hard to see a commercial without seeing that, that music from Kill Bill on it. And there's a credit card commercial. Do, do, do. I don't even remember the name of the song. But Tarantino has an absolute Midas touch when it comes to saying, nope, that thing right there, we're going to put it right here. There it is. Yeah. I loved, loved the soundtrack to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That, I actually listened to that a lot more than I have Pulp Fiction in the last year. But- Oftentimes when before COVID, I would sit in my office and just play it. And I've played it here too. Rambling I know, Man. I, I know you, you probably love Quentin Tarantino more than I do, and I really appreciate him. But there is something I think you're right. He has There's a Midas touch. His soundtracks, because Kill Bill, that you're right, that dun dun dun, and everyone imitates I, it. Yeah, I am ready. Literally, there's certain ones. I don't care what movie it is. He puts together something to where if I know if I got to go kill somebody, I can put on Kill Bill and I'll be okay. Yeah, he he's <laughs> just a genius when it comes to picking music for his films, and it's absolutely perfect. I mean, and, and if he's doing something instrumental, he's going to pick that from some place too. It's going to be a little bit of an Ennio Morricone uh, thing from this obscure Italian film that he's going yep. to bring over here that we've never heard, but once we put it on there, oh my God, I can't imagine it any other place. So I just think Pulp Fiction is one of the best soundtracks of all time. That's it. James is going to argue that he prefers the version that was in Beer Fest. What? Huh? I don't know. He froze after he said Beer Fest. There he is. Oh, he's back now. He's back. I don't remember the soundtrack. From Outer Space. It had Jungle Boogay in it. Although, if we're talking about if we're ta- if we're going to talk about disco soundtracks, uh, what's uh, Muppets from Space has a good soundtrack. Movie's not very good. Well, yeah, one gets by. Um, James, you next? <laughs> I guess I am next. Uh, you Are know, you drunk? I, I no, no, I'm I'm very nearly sober. To quote to quote Futurama and their Christmas episode, we are very nearly sober. Uh, anyway. Uh, speaking of sound, I know these guys. They got nothing. They got nothing. Um, I want to talk about a movie that I don't think works without the soundtrack, and and a lot. It's not a movie a lot of people love. We've mentioned it on the show before. Chad and I have talked about it quite a bit. But I was watching it again, and I bought the soundtrack because I love the soundtrack. And I thought, if you pull some of these some of these songs out of the movie, the movie is poor. And it's 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 bring uh, bring out the dead. I bring out the dead. Uh, the, the Nick Cage, Scorsese, 
the soundtrack. I don't remember the soundtrack. By the way, Martin Scorsese is the other most other filmmaker who does the best needle drop picks. It is. I love the movie, but I love the soundtrack as well because, as I said, I love all types of music. And if you want a, we're gonna throw darts at a wall, but like you said, masterfully, mm -hmm. this movie does that. Van Morrison, The Clash, REM, Johnny Thunders, UB40. And we all know what the UB40 song is because they only did one. Uh, is the Red Vandel Red Wine? I don't really know. I yeah. swear to God, I need to go back and watch it. The Vandellas, the Marvelettas, it's got doo-wop. Yeah. It's got, I mean, TB Sheets by Van Morrison is not a Van Morrison song that a ton of people know. Or maybe they do, and I'm just not a big enough Van Morrison fan. But that song, if you want to establish a depressing scene, the entire song, if you read the backstory or the quote-unquote story of the song, it's about a guy who's, who's significant other, somebody, somebody significant in his life is dying of tuberculosis, but he can't take being around them because he can't handle it. Like he's worried he'll get it or something like that. And it's just a, what do you do type song, but it's really, really depressing. And it, it, it works so well in that movie. But then on top of that, the scenes where he's freaking out and everything's speeding up and he's doing all that stuff when they use the clash, I'm so bored with the USA or Janie Jones from The Clash. What's the frequency? All of that stuff works in the film. It's got the Who on the soundtrack. Um, one of my favorite is it's got uh, I'm a Japanese Sandman, which is this 1950s kind of doo-wop song. And you would think, okay, you went from The Clash earlier. But in the context of that film, when it's trying to highlight how fractured he is becoming, how bad everything is getting, and how he's just trying to make it from point A to point B, that soundtrack completely works to further that film. And I was sitting there watching it, and, and Bring Out the Dead, uh, Bring Out the Dead, is, it's actually a really important movie to me, um, just because of when I saw it, what I was going through, uh, and what I've sometimes been through since. That movie actually says something to me. That being said. James uh, has had a lot of drug overdoses. Um, I've caused a lot. I mean, he's, I mean, no more than the average. I've caused head. a lot. I, I, you, you dare four, four elementary school kids to take bottles of Vibrin. I'm glad that's where it. that went. I'm glad I, that's where that went. There is only one drug I put into my system, sir. One lovely drug. There's um, only one pill that James takes. <laughs> and what pill is that, James? Well, it's actually one for my thyroid, but I do like caffeine. No, um, he only one pill. It's the gospel. Bill, that's true. That's true. Um, but anyway, Bring Out the Dead, uh, we've talked about the movie. We've talked about all that stuff. But the soundtrack, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, you're going to pick up on what I'm t talking about. It's a weird soundtrack, man. But it, that I movie is go, better for I haven't for seen it. it since I saw it in the theater when I was at Moorhead. I just haven't seen it in years and years and years. So it's been over 20 years. I need to go back and revisit it now that I'm older because I, at the time, didn't enjoy it or didn't get uh, it. I, I, I saw it in the middle of, of, quite frankly, some depression and some anxiety, some insomnia. And that movie spoke to me at that time. And now when I go back and watch it, I pick up on other things. Plus the cast on it's a lot of fun. But uh, about quick, the fun, it's the thing. 
needle drop music is the music that's just a term the industry uses for film that you know like they take a song and put it in a movie and i yeah. I, I gave tarantino credit but i have to give the other per the other person who i think is probably just as good if maybe not better but he doesn't get as much credit for it is martin scorsese and if you want a more modern example which i mean th those are both modern obviously but if you want a really pop culture modern day reference James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's all needle drop. It's fantastic. A example of a he took I mean, the third pick. I, I was going to say, because that was one I thought about, and I didn't do it because I assumed one of you. Yeah, I had people. it narrowed down to two, so I guess I'll go with another one. But, yeah. But, no, you, you're yeah. absolutely right, because volume one and volume two, and I guess we'll get volume three, those, I mean, <laughs> it shouldn't work sometimes. But it does, like, cherry bomb. Yep. playing as they march out like if you listen to the lyrics of that it really doesn't make sense for an entire team to walk out to that but boy it works and it made me go i want to go listen to jerry bomb again oh you know what no i'll tell you it's it's it, the, the best example actually is a martin scorsese film layla uh from the mob at the end with all the death scene as people are being murdered in goodfellas yeah layla. Montauk, layla. well that not the part it's when the instrumental kicks in down Da, da. Anyway. Yeah, I'm an now? So, no, no, not now. Later. <laughs> Later? No. Later? Not with you. Gospel. <laughs> All right. So, you uh, got your back pill. You got your <laughs> neck pill. What you need is it's the gospel. Go ahead, Chad. Thank you. We're waiting. <laughs> oh, he talked over me 20 minutes ago. Keep going. Where are you, what is it, Chad? Um, Whenever you're so, ready, Chad. <laughs> um, the Chad? movie I'm going I'm going to kill you. Um, the movie uh, that I'm going to pick. <laughs> Nothing fastens the cholesterol, Will. Um, is, again, one of those movies where I can listen to the soundtrack, and I don't need the movie. And, and in terms of the soundtrack, the sound, and it doesn't get credit for actually making the movie, in my opinion. Um, a guy, I, it's Jim Carrey's The Mask. It was one of those those soundtracks that I listened to repeatedly uh, in the '90s. Uh, it came out it came out right around the time I was getting into if a, if a if a song has a, a brass section, I'm automatically hooked and I'm going to listen to it. Um, and it, this was at the height of big band, and they incorporated the hell out of that into the Mask soundtrack. I love every song on it. The Business of the Love from Domino is great. Uh, Harry Connick Jr.'s best song, I Could Only Whisper Your Name, is on the soundtrack. Um, Heidi Ho, uh, K7, does a great version of the Cab Calloway song. Highly recommend checking it out. And then you have Brian, Seltzer, Brian Setzer's orchestra. You have Tony Tony Tone. Um, Escape, Fishbone and Royal Crown Review, the, the Let the Good Time Roll by Fishbone is phenomenal. It is a great cover of the, of an already great song, and Fishbone took it to another level. And um, again, Royal Crown Review, Hey Pachuco, which if you know from the movie, when he goes into the club and he twirls the band around and they start doing the swing and he does his little dance with Cameron Diaz, that is the Royal Crown Review actually performing Hey, Poop, hey Pachuco in the movie. It is phenomenal. The one thing that I, the one thing about the soundtrack that I never did get is they felt the need to bookend it the song the the soundtrack begins with a hip-hop version of cuban pete being sung by jim carrey and then it ends with the actual movie version of cuban pete with jim carrey which cuban pete jim carrey's version of cuban pete i actually love 
I, I'll be I'll be the first to say it is my favorite version of Cuban Pete is the Jim Carrey version from The Mask, and I have seen I have listened to all versions uh, repeatedly. But I, I wore this I wore this CD out when I was a teenager. It just I played it constantly. I would be down in my room needing to unwind, de-stress because I had a shitty social life and my my teenagers were 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 crap. I would play this on loop just to make myself feel better. So it does have one of those personal touches to me. So I, I had to mention the mask for, for one of my picks of this on this, this discussion. I froze, didn't I? No. You yeah, just, now you your face. I mean, now you're froze. I can't well, tell the difference. I mean, it's actually, he looks like it's one of those still pictures from like, when they get him on the news when yeah. they're at the press conference because he's got the microphone in it. If he's only missing the finger was all he was missing. What what did I miss? What what, what did it? Oh, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. The nuclear codes, those didn't come out at all. I mean, we. No, just, you're good. I mean, we heard everything you had to say. You're good. Yeah. Also, uh, by the way, and James Gunn just tweeted that he is uh, that the soundtrack for Guardians Three is actually done. The scream slightly before the movie starts shooting. Well, that's good. He's got a plan. He does have a plan. So like Chad, well, probably not like Chad, but this movie does have is another 90s film. A lot of these are from the 90s, but it's also we're 40 years old or in our 40s. What? Well, I yeah. am. Uh, my third pick is also from the 90s. So <laughs> I, I, I was going back and forth for my third pick. Uh, and well, actually, I was, but I'm going to go with this one. It's another one that I had the soundtrack for, listen to it all the time. And we've, had the director and the writer of the movie on the show i want to talk about the crow either one of you all have the soundtrack to the crow no but no, everybody but I I, did yeah I mean, I mean i mean that positively no yeah, it, was, it was i didn't have to have thing. it, it was huge it i was, didn't have to have it because i could look over and be like hey can i borrow your crow cd and four yeah. people go yeah you can borrow mine i didn't have and again i didn't have to have it i had several just like james had several friends who let me who let me yeah, borrow it everyone it. had it everyone had it it's absolutely true and, and and the songs that I really liked from the soundtrack I actually had on different albums. So uh, right. yeah. So we had the Stone Temple Pilots, Nine Inch Nails, The Cure, The Rollins Band, Rage Against Machine, Pantera, <clears throat> Jesus, and I'm sorry, Helmet. Man, uh, 1994 Films. was a good year for soundtracks. Apparently, it was. It, well, I think it was that it's. I think it was a good business model year for soundtracks. Yeah. I mean, we we hadn't got to the point where as we've talked about on previous shows, the, the people actually went out to a store and purchased something physical from the store, something tangible and brought it back and listened to it. And at the time, I mean, CDs were huge, right? CD now CDs probably don't, I don't, don't quote me on this, but I know vinyl is back with a vengeance. Isn't does vinyl now outsell CDs? For people who actually go buy things, tangible I things, know. I, no, I don't but, know the answer. But as as much as I hear music people talk about when their vinyl collections, I it's think possible. so. It's things. So. I mean, it's easier for me to buy CDs that were 10, 15 bucks twenty years ago, much less five years ago, to just buy. I did it the other day. There was a several Stone Temple Pilot CDs that I didn't have, and a bunch of other stuff, and I just got them from somebody off eBay. I've done it several times during the, during the last year's plague of shit. I've been sitting around going, I actually don't have the CD for that. And I don't need to have it in vinyl because that's the last thing I need is my kids scratching the shit out of something else here. And me having to worry about 
going over there and moving it. I get it. It's cool. But it's, it doesn't really affect me. I, the Crow was a huge movie on me. It had a huge impact. I loved it. It was like nothing else. I remember reading reviews and people bitching about it being dark. And I can't, oh, it's another dark movie. But I don't think that's it at all. I think Alex Proyas had had a, I hate using the word vision, but we use I use it a lot, had a vision and we had something completely different. And on top of that, not only did we have a successful movie, we had the legend that built out of the movie because of the tragedy of Brandon Lee. And the soundtrack was fantastic. For the time. Yeah. I, I think if you show someone The Crow now, it probably doesn't have the same connection. I think the movie holds up, actually. But I don't know that they connect to it like someone of the that gener my generation. Talking about my jelly. No, that's different. All right. Who's next? James. You know, I'm going to go, and I'm going to go with one. You all may have seen it. You may hate the movie. That's fine. It's an odd little movie, but I love the soundtrack. It introduced me to a couple bands that I followed. James is going to talk up. about the pest. No, no. I'm going to talk about, uh, I guess because I a lot of people haven't, haven't seen this movie, I'll give a summary of the movie before I talk about the soundtrack. So the plot to this movie is odd. There, it's, it's done. So what's the soundtrack? It's an academic obsessed with roadside attractions, and his daughter is a TV star. And he convinces her to get away from Hollywood for a while, go on this road trip with him. And they're going to catalog all the weird roadside attractions. Easy they, rider. End up, they end up in a very small, basically an old gold rush town that literally is just struggling to stay relevant, who claims to have the largest ice cream cone. Oh, they, the madness of King George. Yeah, they end up breaking down. They can't get out. They've got to wait till they can get the parts in to repair the car. And so the daughter just starts to basically wander around the town and meet different people. And that's basically the plot to the film. She meets these weird people stuck in this little town. They're not weird in that they're, it's not a horror movie or anything. They just don't have anything to do. All right. I actually don't know what he's guessing. And I know uh, this yeah. isn't it, but I really want to say even cowgirls get the blues. This film <laughs> starred a lot of people that went on to do nothing. Do they relevant. have big thumbs. It was 1998, and the film stars people. You'll never know these names. They didn't do anything else. Sarah Gilbert, Ethan Supley, John Hurd, Kate Hudson, Brendan Sexton, Casey Affleck, and Christina Ricci. Desert Blue. Never heard of it. Desert Blue is this odd little drama comedy. It's kind of, it's not as good as, but it's in the same kind of vein of films Christina Ricci was doing at the time. Opposite of Sex is probably the best one. But these weird, quirky kind of roles. In this movie, she plays somebody that's obsessed with blowing things up. Like, that's what she does. She gets bored because she's in a small town in the middle of nowhere, and she just wanders around and makes pop bombs. And everybody knows she does it because it's a small town, but she ain't hurt anybody, so why are you going to get in the way? Um, so it's the, the reason, though, that I love it, when I first saw the movie on VHS, I rented it at a place off of the University of Kentucky campus. You used to rent things. It was called a Blockbuster. And they had it in their independent section. And the soundtrack on it, though, doesn't have, I mean, it's got some names, but they were kind of indie bands at the time. Um, Rilo Kiley is the band that I followed, that I, that I first heard on this soundtrack. They do a song called The Frug in it. Uh, they also did another song for it called 85. They were discovered, and the, their first album was financed by Dave Foley of, uh, 
uh, Kids yeah. in the Hall. He was actually filming a show. Uh, he was filming news radio around that time, and he stopped by a place, and he actually stopped to hear the band after them, but he loved them. He did. They performed for years. They've since bro- they broke up a couple years ago, which was a bummer because I really did like their stuff. That being said, the soundtrack has Rockets from the Crypt, not a huge name to conjure with, but their song is called Break It Up. Uh, honk If You're Lonely, which is kind of this uh, country. Honk If You're Horny. No, it's Honk If You're Lonely Tonight. The band is the Silver Jews. Horny it's a, Tonight. It's, it is a... No, it's uh, tomorrow. Honk If You're Horny Tomorrow. Uh, it okay, is... It is it is a country type ballad, but then you go "What the hell are you crying for?" by Nina Person and Nathan Larson. Uh, it's just it's a weird mix of songs on there. Uh, they actually have "To Serve with Love" by Lulu is on this soundtrack. Um, it's to just with love, uh, and, and and so uh, and also another one that I really love, "Crackling Water," which is by Downtown, uh, which is by a band called Opiate, Crackling Water. It's they're weird songs, but they work so well in this movie. Nobody has really seen this movie besides me. I met in my life four other people that went, Oh, you've seen it? It's good. Um, yeah, I've never heard, I've actually never heard of it. I will say that I've looked up the director and he has, uh, he's not, I'm not a fan of his because he's he the one who brought us TV now, right? Teen Mom and 16 and Pregnant. Yeah, he brought us those gems. That being said, for now, that movie, in defense of them, I've never watched them, nor will I ever. So they could same be here. amazing. They could be amazing. Well, I'm and that betting being said, I was 16 and pregnant. That being said, in all fairness, he made some movies early on in his career. None of them were huge hits. Desert Blues not a huge hit. It was a little independent film. Uh, one of his films did win some awards, and then he went on to do reality tv and it i was say american psycho to say, too right that's the movie you're referring to that won the awards no no the what what, what was this movie that actually did get um he won it like it's not a probably hurricane streets is that what you're thinking of um that's the probably best known one just yeah, like yeah. the sun tornado alley um he was going to name uh uh it hurricane but then denzel washington ruined everything tornado alley is a better title than hurricane street anyway um but it, i know i'm not, I'm not the director Road. the movie is not flawless but the soundtrack i listen to the soundtrack over and over again because it was so it was such an eclectic mix and some of the songs on there you know they they i don't know if they necessarily fit in the film but they they were great tunes to listen to when you're just sitting around so uh i don't know if i can recommend desert blue but if you look if you watch the movie you're gonna hear some songs and be like yeah that's that's an interesting choice for a song there um by the way, uh, Break It Up by uh, uh, is played when she bombs stuff. She goes out and bombs stuff. And, and, and uh, the, the backstory for the local town thanks, is... Thanks, thanks, James. Yeah, the, local, the backstory for the local... The, Brandon Sexton kind of plays the love interest that she starts to develop, but he's obsessed with building a water park in the middle of the desert because that was what his father's dream was and his father dies. And so he becomes obsessed with accomplishing his father's goal. And it's a Spoiler small alert. town in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it's got a really weird ending and all of that stuff. But it's, again, as we talked about, these are 90 films, and it's just a weird 90s film that I don't know. I mean, maybe you could get it on Hulu or, or uh, Netflix today, but I don't think you could approach a major studio and be like, picture this. Teenage uh, uh, talent in a Hollywood decides to go on, or is forced to go on a road trip with her father, who's an academic, and they're just going to take photos and encounter these weird people. Oh, is it a horror movie? No, they're just quirky people in a small town that don't um, have anything to do. 
Unless James, you can watch hours. It's not going to happen. You can watch Desert Blues free on Tubi. I, I honestly, like I said I have, I, I have it on VHS over here. I do. I actually, it's also on Amazon Prime for us for those who are listening in the states. I, I'm um, not saying rush to see it because it's not in my top twenty films of all time, but I'm glad I watched it. It was fun and weird. All and right, next, right. next. I don't know if y'all heard. I don't know if y'all how much of the mask chunk you heard. No, but, no, you um, actually did. Your audio never went out, at least not for me. So I, okay. Um, so I want to talk about. This is one of these soundtracks where I love the soundtrack and absolutely just do not like the movie. I actually got the soundtrack first and went and saw the movie. And I'm like, I just needed the soundtrack. Uh, this soundtrack of this movie is quintessential mid nineties pop rock. There's nothing. I don't think, and you all can argue with me, but I don't think there is an album that better defines not mid nineties pop rock more than empire records but people love that movie i don't understand why i Christy never loves that did movie. get into it and you I've know a lot watching it it has a huge cult following i mean what is the day the, i know it does what's the day that person showing up and actually there, it's an actual date and it was it was going it, it happened on my social media i was like i don't even know what the hell this is it's blah 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 day where that famous yeah, person I, I, i'm shocked people love that movie i, I just know. i am shocked that I am just shocked that it has the following that it does. I just never cared for it. I, it's just one of those movies. I know that the, I was in that audio. I was at that age where that movie was supposed to speak to me. It never did, but, but the you sound. Preferred, uh, you preferred airheads, right? Yes, actually I, I did. I airheads and I don't even I, like airheads. Yeah. Uh, they made a book of that movie. It's my favorite line. It's the only <laughs> line I remember from the movie, but <laughs> We want a copy of Moby Dick, the book or the movie. They made a book of that movie. <laughs> but the only line I remember. Uh, that damn movie, both of them is they they're loaded with cast and and, and um, broadcast news. What was it called to get Empire Records? Broadcast. Empire Records, yeah. Sorry. As one of my favorite character actors, favorite actress, Anthony Anthony LaPaglia. Yeah, he, yeah, he's in it. He plays the he plays the record store owner, and I mean, it has a lot. It has uh, Liv Tyler, Robin. Robin Tooney, I think mm -hmm. I, I can't pronounce it. I've always like on how to say your name. It, no, it's it a has, who's who of nineties people. It was, and the soundtrack is the same. And it was one of those ones, uh, just like the mask. If when I was done with the mask, I'd pop in this. But honestly, a lot of the songs in here will always put me in a a pretty sad mood. But till I hear it from you, from the Gin Blossoms, is quintessential nineties music. Oh God, the Gin Blossoms. Yeah. And then um, one of my one of my favorite songs from the '90s, "Crazy Life" from Toad the Wet Sprocket, that's on there as well. And then you've got "Better Than Ezra," "Cracker." You've got oh, "Better Than Ezra." I have yeah, "Better Than Ezra" CD, so I can't shit on it. Definitely yeah. wanting. I remember you, riding through the back. You got the cranberries. You got um, and oh, then okay. you've got some obscure '90s bands like the Ape Hangers, the Innocent Mission, Mises, Lustra, Evan Dando. I loved all of these people. I went to school with Evan Dent. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he flunked out and then he died of heroin. Yeah, I mean, I can, and you know, I didn't even mention Edwin Collins, Please, or Coyote Shivers. Uh, Sugar High is a great song. Um, Empire, and, and the other thing about the Empire Records soundtrack, again, when you, had, when you would go buy physical CDs, it had a really cool CD. It was like a bright orange case. It was like, ooh, look, it's different from all the others. <laughs> i don't yeah, remember but, the sound I, I, 
It's kind of like Chad, you know, honestly, I was saying about this the other day. It's it's kind of like when video cassettes would do special covers to get you yeah. to pick them up off of it. Because I remember, and at one point I owned, because I bought it used at a video store, the rental for Johnny Mnemonic. Mm-hmm. The the videotape was orange, I think. But more importantly was it was the front cover was clear plastic, but it had Keanu Reeves, but his head was open and you saw the spool of the tape, which makes sense for Johnny Mnemonic because he carries, you know, he carries video effectively in his head. Yeah. And it's a stupid marketing gimmick, but did I pick up Johnny Mnemonic and be like, yeah, I want to see this. Yep, yeah, sure. I got to yeah. go check that out. And the only other one I can remember is E.T. E.T. I have the original one, too, when they first, as a big deal when E.T. came to VHS and the clip. Because they the didn't release it. I can remember. It was like, yeah, they wouldn't release it. Can you? Wasn't there an E.T. version on VHS where you could push the, and his, his finger lit up? Well, we didn't have that fancy shit back I in can't the holler. I know. And you know, by the way, we're getting. Joe's never seen ET. He only was given a copy. Of I Mac give him the me. videotape. <laughs> I've been trying to stick it over here in this laser disc for the last ten fucking years, and it won't work worth a damn. I, he, I, got, I, he saw Pod people, and they told him it was ET. I I am. Why I'm, did anybody care about that some bitch and want to feed him them skittles? <laughs> and we're getting off topic, but one of the things that I really wanted to get more than anything, and the movie's terrible, was the Dead Pit, because I don't know if you remember the yeah. Dead Pit the dead pit vhs kate it had a zombie coming out of the grave which had nothing to do with the dead pit by the way um and you push the button and his eyes lit up and i'm like oh i want that case movie's terrible but another one's bleeders with rucker howard it had to bleed and it was on it was it would ooze one way or the other in the case that's awesome uh, but yeah no uh but back on the soundtracks empire record soundtrack i i really do it's 1995 it was i was 15 years old i needed this soundtrack because it had it literally was one great song after another and i can't i can't connect it this is the one exception where i say i can't connect it to the movie because i played the songs i don't see anything from the movie because again i just i saw the movie once and i'm like eh not my cup of tea and then i just went to listen to the soundtrack so i have a question for you all as we wrap up what's the best soundtrack of all time Oh Jesus! Oh, I can't answer that. I've I've got some honorable mentions. Well, I'm going to tell you what it is. Oh, thank you. Okay, no, it is. I, I, I was going to go off on Titanic again. Oh my it, god! This is it. This is. I it. wish my heart wouldn't go off. And honestly, I I'm not actually being sarcastic. I you could make an argument, I guess, for some Elvis films, but A Hard Day's Night simply has to be the best soundtrack of all time. Uh okay i'm, I'm not, not gonna help. huh well you not, could you know there's a couple how about of yellow submarine no nah, i think it had i mean it really have to be the hard day i'd have to be a hard day's night i mean i i could go down the list of all of the i mean it's it's the Beatles. what would be more influential than that i mean maybe you get close to greece but a hard day's night's I'm trying to actually find all the list of all the songs for a hard day's night. Yeah. I just, so, I mean, it's the Beatles. You can't argue with the Beatles, but I don't yeah, necessarily me tell me why I should know better. I love her. Maybe, you know what? It may be help James. I help for good, man. Help. It may be help. A hard day's not the better movie, but it might be help. I mean, you have, like I said, you have Greece, you have Saturday night fever. You have, I mean, there's, I, yeah. 
I'm not, I don't have an argument against that comment, but there are several in contention for the best soundtrack of all time. I just Prince's Batman soundtrack. The what? The soundtrack. Oh, oh from, I thought you said the Princess Batman. I was like, what the no. hell? No. Actually, as far as it's, if I know James, you're about to say something. Uh, there's a couple more that uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou and The Big Chill are probably two of my. The- the Lion King soundtrack. I mean, um, yeah, I, I wanted to to also mention because it's an area that doesn't get much love, and I think it is important for talking about best soundtrack. And I know you all are not um, as much into video games as I am, but there is one thing that we should probably mention. I feel we should mention is the Bond films because the Bond films are known for having at least a song yeah. i mean there's a classic bond theme it's been right. remixed by moby it's been but there is always that opening bond you got stung by obi um what i don't know oh, i was thinking a moby no no you're doing eminem moby you can get stopped by obi because of wow. obi Tri- obi thrice who is another performer yeah. who was part of the same these album. people are way more cool than um you. go ahead uh but the the what i wanted to say was the bond video games once there was enough technology to where it was an 8-bit and they could do actual opening songs on there, the Bond video games have some pretty solid Bond themes now that are performed by some actual um, Joss Stone uh, for the uh, video game uh, James Bond in Bloodstone uh, did I'll Take It All, which is a pretty, it's a pretty effective I'm Bond sure it thing. is. It's just a funny... Yeah, keep going. Uh, and then you have um, uh, the other one that comes to mind. Maya did Everything or Nothing, uh, which was an, also the name of the game. And then um, there is also when they redid From Russia with Love, which Sean Connery came back and did new voice work for it, and they adapted that video to a video game. It was on the original Xbox, so it's been a while. But they actually had somebody come back and do not just the uh, from uh, Russia with Love theme, which is also in there, but they did a new song for it as well, and I'm blanking on who did that, but it's somebody uh, very, very famous. Um, and it is uh, so. There's these these new soundtracks, so to speak, and and they announced that they're re-releasing this Bond song collection. And I have the last one that they could do on one CD, which is about the end of the Pierce Brosnan era was when I bought it. So they're re-releasing all these, and I actually tweeted to sony music going that's great i'll buy it again is it going to have the video themes on it because they did release music videos for these they did all of that so we may be and I, I know some of these have been around for a while but video game theme songs are their own little uh, soundtracks are their own little world and they have there have been some that have had releases yeah. so i wanted to bring that up and there's one other one that we didn't mention that i wanted to at least give an honorable mention to because if i ever need to um start a fire or anything i know what song or what album i'm going to use what soundtrack i'll use for that it's the matrix soundtrack yeah the matrix soundtrack has uh uh, chemical brothers uh, as people we're not supposed to talk about anymore but uh marilyn manson rock is dead uh um minefields by prodigy you know uh, uh, Club to Death is on there. The song Dragula, the remix they did for that the movie uh, called the Hot Rod Herman remix that Rob Zombie did for that movie. 
that I mean, The Matrix is a snapshot in time for me. It was 1999. It was over the top stuff, which we're going to talk about in a future episode. The cool scenes that they bring into that, but it is one that I could put that CD in when I'm driving, and it's just oh man, I'm, I'm there again. Just and that's something about the power of the music they chose for that. Mm-hmm. Joe, I'm it's sure you're going to have uh, an argument against this, but I've been scrolling while James has been talking. I've been scrolling through a lot of lists, and uh, a lot of them are ranking. Not even they don't have Hard Day's Night on the list. Some of some most of them do, but some of them don't. Mm-hmm. But almost unanimously, a lot of them are saying uh, either Superfly or Purple Rain is the best soundtrack of all. Time. I was going to say well, Purple Rain. I almost put on my list because it is. I mean, there are people that love. Yeah, Purple Rain. The sound. The the album held up better than the movie. Yeah. But oh, yeah. well, I yeah. think Shaft is another one. Another one that I super. I don't know. I mean, Shaft won the Oscar. Yeah. The song. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, you know, another one, and it's not one that people automatically think, oh, the soundtrack to that, but I do love the soundtrack, the soundtrack to Office Space. Yeah. Oh, and here's another one. I'm not even looking it up, but here's the harder they, the harder they come, the harder they fall from. Uh, it's for the harder they come, right? I have to Google it. That Jimmy, I can't think of his name. I can't, and I'm, somebody's going to scream at me. Who's Jimmy Cliff? Jimmy Cliff. Yeah. The harder they, the harder they come. That's another great soundtrack. That is on that is on uh, Esquire's list. Uh, Hard Day's Night is not on there. Help is uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, Superfly, and The Graduate. Uh, Purple Rain again. Yeah. These are all on, and a lot of them are showing up as Train Spotting showing up a lot. Yeah. But honestly, uh, I, well, yeah. by no, the way, I like I, the Train Spotting one actually. I thought about talking about it because it was on several of them, but I didn't own it. I was going to say, by the way, the Office Space soundtrack, jumping back to that real quick. Oddly enough, Roy Orbison comes up, uh, not Roy Orbison, I screwed that up, but whoever did, uh, is it Johnny Page? Whoever did take this job and shove it, the mm-hmm. cover that they did with Biz Marquee and Cannabis is <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite, one. favorite songs from that album. Because I honestly always said, you know what we need to remix from a country song to a little R&B number? Give me, give me, give me Biz Marquee, best known for you say he's just a friend and let him have his way with that song Take this job and shove it yeah it's giant paycheck yeah thank you yeah um but yeah yeah uh that and uh the other song that's on there if uh, johnny paychecks on the tour bus, tour bus. i knew it was one of the best on the tour bus episodes yeah. also from the creator from mike um what's his judge. face creator judge from office space johnny paychecks is one of the best ones it also has a, a Office Space soundtrack. Also, of course, has to have a cover from Nine to Five on it. But more importantly, the song that most people know it for is, of course, "Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster." And it does. I've heard. I've heard. I don't know. I just don't know. Any other honorable mentions? I, I really, I, I like "Old Brother War Art Thou." That's another one where the music and the movie were almost as popular. If not, the music wasn't even more popular than the movie. I'll give Jay and Silent Bob strikes uh, strikes wow, back. That's good. That's yeah. good. One. How I mean, people? how many of how many people our age did not listen to because I got high? Actually, oddly enough, I listened to it about a week ago because I was just sitting there and it popped up. I listened to music on the background when I uh, I te- when I'm uh, grade and I was grading last week, and it just popped up in the feed where uh, YouTube will jump from song to song, and then it went from that to. Um, 
Oh, what's the, the the how many people would like to kick some? Yes, uh, yeah. that was the next song I went to, and I was like, oh, this is great. And I was like, they're all Jane Silent. Yeah, Bob. yeah. Uh, Kevin Smith, uh, he was one of those people who. Yeah, he doesn't do it anymore. But his uh, soundtracks of his from his View Askewiverse, I, I I owned every one. So, yeah. Soul Coughing from Clerks, I could go on for chasing Amy and Mallrats. Well, anyway. and and his his use of and he's another one maybe that we can talk about because I think in Clerks too, the fact that it ends on uh, Soul Asylum, isn't it? Soul Asylum, yeah, uh, Misery, uh, Frustrated Incorporated. But yeah, yeah but I say soul coughing. I did say soul asylum, right? No, you said soul coughing. Yeah. I oh, didn't know what you're talking about. There's about 15 bands you all mentioned tonight that I should know because I'm the same age that I didn't. Know. I get soul coughing and soul asylum mixed up all the time. I apologize. Soul asylum from Clerks. Yeah, soul asylum. But there's, yeah, yeah there's Clerks just... two song was pretty good. They did a whole new one for Clerks too. I was going to say, by the way, one other song, a soundtrack that I have to give a shout out to because it is one that I can listen to and it does brighten my day every time. And it makes me a big nerd and that's fine. I don't care. I have no regrets about it. The Muppet movie. The original one. Well, uh, yeah. That's well, a, yeah. That's a, that's Rainbow a, Connection? Uh, actually, it's not Rainbow Connection to me. It's the Electric Mayhem doing Can You Picture That? That and Moving Right Along. Yeah. Those songs, if I listen Those to Those are them, better. You're right. It automatically makes that because I know that they're better. Uh, I, I like, I like guys, it. guys, yeah. guys. It's hard not to. Rainbow Connection doesn't really have much of an effect on. It. I, I should. I love I'm, Rainbow, no, Rainbow Connection. Rainbow Connection is one of those that you can sing anywhere yeah. in the world. Uh, I will make all that stuff. And actually, the song by Gonzo, that where he's they're sitting in the desert and everything's kind of gone bad, and he begins the song with "There's not a word yet for old friends that just met." And I was like, God, that's a great line. Like it's being delivered by Paul a piece Williams, of, right? Yeah. They're all Paul Williams. They're and all and Paul like Williams. I said, Rainbow Connection, I can hear Rainbow Connection. It will make me smile. It also, know, it I, also, it also I, tugs I, at my heart. But moving right along, when I hear that, I'm just automatically going, I'm, I'm bouncing around. Oh, yeah. It's, I, it, my point is, is the, that Rainbow Connection can be sang anywhere in the world. And I think people know that that's a Muppet song and they know what it is and they can sing along. That's true. I mean, it's probably the best known, but I that's do love. Known. Can you picture that? I think it goes back to my love of wordplay. That's why I love Eminem. I could give a shout out to 8 Mile because I think 8 Mile does have a great soundtrack, even mm -hmm. the non-Eminem songs. But I love wordplay. And can you picture that? I mean, the Aurora Borealis shining down in Dallas. Can you picture that? Um, use it if you need it. Don't forget to feed it. I mean, there's so much. No, you're right. But Paul Williams was that. at the height of his cocaine game. I would say, and, and by the way, jumping forward, I, I have to give it to Muppet's Christmas Carol. That song, It Feels Like Christmas, deserves to be a Christmas Carol in of itself. Remove it from that movie. Listen to it. It's all about being with people you care about and the holidays and stuff like that. And I cannot listen to that song and not think, okay, yeah, the, holiday, the holidays are good. It, they do good. There's something about that time of year, and, and that song captures it for me. It's the ghost of Christmas present. And when they perform that and Michael Caine, you know, in that movie, it is. So I, maybe it's just Muppet films in general, because even the new ones, the Jason Siegel one had tunes in it. It didn't quite hit the same level for me, but it had some fun tunes in it. No, it does. It does. It does. I mean, I are think, you a are man you a or a Muppet? Or are you a Muppet? Was, was nominated, nominated for an Oscar. Academy Award. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, maybe it's maybe Muppet soundtracks deserve it. You even mentioned Muppets from Space. 
maybe mm-hmm. maybe we just need to look at Muppet soundtrack. If you soundtrack. like disco, Muppets from Space has a great soundtrack. If you like disco, disco. I'm being specific, but it's true. Go back. It's got some. It it, it rocks. It frolics. It goes. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Anything else for the good of the group? No, people need to let us know what we miss. I love soundtracks. Seriously, if you have a soundtrack and you're like, how dare they not mention X? Seriously, tweet it to us at Bonehead Weekly. Yep, we're there. Absolutely. I would love. I I collect soundtracks. I have shelves of them over here. Please, by all means, let me know where I dropped the ball. Yep. All right, guys. This has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Side. No, it's been the regular Bonehead Weekly. What show are we doing again? I don't know anymore. It's Zorro on. Grrrr. <laughs>